Panoply, Panorama, Panpipe, Pansy, Aha, Pansexual, Knowing No Boundaries of Sex or Gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au. CR 855am 3CR digital 3cr.org.au 3CR on demand lots of ways to wish and listen to all the shows on 3CR including this one out of the pan hosted by me Sally Goldner thanks for your company first broadcasting noon till 1 Sunday afternoon 3CR proudly broadcasts from the lands of the original inhabitants the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations and we pay respects to elders past present and emerging And we also acknowledge the intersection of our LGBTIQ communities, as it's called in Western culture, and our original inhabitants, including sister girls and brother boys, acknowledging their great contributions to diversity on and around all the lands. 3CR, well, listeners, welcome to listeners of all genders, including but not limited to ladies and gentlemen. And a reminder that any opinions on this program on my own are none, not necessarily, if not, most likely not, the opinions of um, organisations with which I'm involved. Lots of ways to get in touch with the show. Um, you can tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line. Um, you can look for the posts on Facebook on the Out of the Pan page or my personal page, um, Out of the Pan 3CR 855am Melbourne. You can SMS 61456. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I have, have had a mental blank there because I didn't have it in front of me. Um, you can email at Sal Gold said so, and you can SMS on um, 61456751215. Lots of ways to get in touch with the show. And a really um, busy show today, um, about um, in just into the uh, sort of as we head towards the second half, having a chat with Ian Morrison, who's the director of an amazing film which has screened in the Mardi Gras Film Festival and is now going to screen next Sunday the 17th at Melbourne Queer Film Festival called Becoming Colleen, an amazing story of an 83-year-old um, uh, or a person, a trans woman who affirmed her identity at 83. Always amazes me those stories. So very much having, looking forward to having a chat to Ian, the, who was involved in the film, uh, making thereof. But um, also lots of stuff happening on International Women's Day. For me, more panels than an IKEA cabinet, and that's the only commercial plug we're going to give on this show. Um, but seriously, um, also had the honour of speaking along with a range of great diverse women speakers at the International Women's Day Rally, some who spoke at the start up at the State Library, which looked pretty chockered to me, and then some at the end, which I did down in front of Parliament. And I've got, as I say, look, it was a huge crowd. Um, it's, you know, it was huge interest in all the um, hashtag IWD2019 events that I was involved in, um, and... I just, I'm just blown away, but also the diversity of women, Sudanese women. We had the Attorney General from the small Pacific nation of Tuvalu, which is, I understand it, um, is one, certainly one of the 10 smallest nations in the world. Some would say close to the smallest, 
who'd only ever seen an IWD rally on film, television, etc., and wanted to be in it and came all the way here with her daughter, which I think is absolutely awesome as well. Um, we had a large degree of unions and community not-for-profits, NGOs, etc. We had lots of trans and gender diverse and non-binary people and people working in the sex industry and all intersections thereof. And I suppose that's where we lead to an issue. Last year there were some, I'd say, intense verbal clashes between people who were pro-trans and sex work and people who felt uh, had different views. And, you know, how do you accommodate that? At least do it peacefully. It seemed, apart from one verbal skirmish, I'll call it, it seemed relatively peaceful. But um, I didn't hear all reports. Obviously, can't be in all places. But the um, rally seemed to stretch um, about the length of one um, east-west city block at at, um, at its peak. So pretty huge. Um, also, a stop outside a retail chain where there's... Um, you know, sort of uh, protests about um, poor labour conditions, so plenty of stuff going on. Now, obviously, you know, let's be, let's call a spade a spade, a shovel a shovel, an earth mover an earth mover. No stopping the stopping the press um, change the headlines. No shock horror probe. I obviously do not agree um, with the views of um, you know so-called radical feminists um who you know tell me that I'm not who I am and tell you know um say things about sex work and it was great to see Jane Green from Vixen Collective being one of the speakers in the first half at State Library um but yeah you know they are women they are it's a women's rally and they certainly have a right to be there so how do we hold space for everyone as i say it's got to be done peacefully and respectfully and hopefully one day there'll be greater dialogue, um, you know, sort of that thing called communication. Party A talks and Party B listens, then you swap roles, then you try to understand each other. makes it sound so easy, but of course, got to get people to the proverbial table first, and it's not easy. And how we build trust and find someone who could be a facilitator of sorts to do that, well, um, it kind of seems weird. You can get um, Donald Trump and Kimmel and Yung sitting at the same table and Israel and Egypt can sign a peace accord, yet we can't do this. But seriously, how do you communicate with people who sometimes won't communicate is an interesting question. But, yeah, a huge um, range of speakers. I just felt very energised. I'm not normally a big crowd sort of person, as um, I've said many times on the station, but I walked away feeling more, far more up than drained. Um, so really good stuff. I also, as I say, there were a number of panels. I spoke at an advertising agency, thanks to Georgia Matthews from the channel who put me onto that one, um, and huge interest. Um, virtually every staff member moved away from their desk for this lunchtime panel that I was on, and you know, um, gosh, there's awesome people in all sorts of places out there. Um, um, you know, just I, I say very warmly, it's always good to meet uplifting, inspirational people um, in no matter how far I go, you know, my life's, I have to say, in a pretty reasonable space after many years of sort of struggling along. And yet it never hurts to get, as I call it, a battery cable. And the woman I was on this panel with, um, Yuki Simmons, who's an executive officer in the Victorian Parliament, Margaret Thorpe, who's done amazing work with Indigenous people, channeled the panel was chaired by Ricky Meldrum from the Advertise Agency and Jane Marks, 
who's working to get refugee women into work. So some awesome people out there and just a great range of perspectives on womanhood. The challenging question we got was the advantages of being a woman. Well, I could honestly say it's an advantage for me because I get to live authentically and more productively than the first 29 years of my life. But we all, in all honesty, um, also found that one the challenging one, yet we could have taken up our whole hour on the disadvantages, which we all know, although some have just sort of... um, you know, sort of had it um, where they've had some good role models to start with. And I think this is really important. If you have those role models, um, Margaret Thorpe in particular had a very um, sort of no-nonsense sort of mum, um, you know, it seems like you can go a little further. So the more we spread the good role models, the better off we shall be. Um, so, yeah, very, very um, energising sort of day. I'll have a chat during the rest of the show about the other two events I was involved in, an internal in-house one at um, um, not so much my workplace, but the building we're in, which is, of course, housed by um, Drummond Street um, Services and lots of awesome stuff there. I will get to putting the photos on Facebook, I promise. And um, also one for the fabulous, hosted by WIRE as part um, of their work for International Women's Day, um, who are doing great work to be inclusive on gender and realise that, you know, something that um, we, I think, are realising that so many people are oppressed in relation to gender um, in various ways. If In simple, non-technical, non-jargon language, if you're not an ultra-blokey bloke, um, you know, we all cop it. And, um, you know, that's, I think, something that, of course, needs to change. If you're not harming anyone else by just being yourself, walking down the street, minding your own business, why should you cop anything verbal, physical, or otherwise. So yeah, lots of good things are happening. Anyway, um, seems an appropriate track to introduce, um, uh, to play before I get my our guest, Ian, on the line, to have a listen to yet another great track from the Graham Connors album, um, From the Back Country. Um, stay where you are, and we'll talk about perhaps how Colleen stayed in Coffs Harbour um, during the next segment when I chat with Ian about becoming Colleen. 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. The annual Flavours Festival on this March celebrates culture from around the globe with cooking demonstrations by celebrity sweet creator Anna Polivu and Greg Hampton from Charcoal Lane showcasing native ingredients and flavours. It's free and family-friendly with music by Black Jesus Experience, Indigenous hip-hop projects and many more. Flavours Festival, Saturday, March 16, from 3pm at Greville Street, Pran. Proudly presented by the City of Stonington, a 3CR supporter. What are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? 3CR. What are you supposed to do? Community Radio. What are you supposed to do? 855. What are you supposed to do? I am. Three CR eight five five AM three CR digital three CR dot org dot au three CR on demand out of the pan with Sally. 
First broadcasting noon till one on a Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. Having a bit of trouble just um, getting in touch with Ian at the moment, which is a bit of a uh, a schnoopoo, isn't it? Uh, anyway, we'll just keep rolling on with the show and um, um, and keep um, going on. So yeah, had a great um, International Women's Day. As mentioned a couple of other events. Um, as I said, an in-house one at Drummond Street excuse me, services, where I had the chance to speak about how we can, a um, big theme at the moment, how do we keep learning, how do we keep listening and understanding one another, um, and lots of great quotes from um, sort of um, women everywhere, which was absolutely enormous, um, some ones that, um, some of my favourite female quotes, and full credit to another Sally, Sally Cap, um, who... Um, this week has said, why am I continually saying quotes from men when there are lots of great ones from great women? Um, and so, yeah, I popped in a few of my own. Um, Sarah Henderson, who said, ability has no gender. Maggie Conn from the Black Panthers, speak even if your voice trembles, is another great one. Um, and, of course, my favourite, which is my email signature from the highly likely source of human rights philosophy, um, being um, um, from Beth Phoenix of WWE fame, who had um, an awesome quote, um, which um, is my fave, and I'm reading it word for word. If you ever feel like a square peg trying to fit in a round hole, if you ever feel like you don't fit the mould, because that is that is because you weren't meant to. You are meant for greater things. Don't try to be something or someone you aren't. Embrace what makes you different and be accepting of what makes others different because that is how dreams become reality. And not that Beth said this, but oh, hell yeah. Um, so, yep, a huge um, sort of, um, um, uh, uh, yeah, um, range of quotes, others from um, Michelle Obama, amongst others. So, yeah, really, um, really good um, um, event with a little bit of food and drinky-poo as well, um, which you can't can't knock. And, yeah, the last one that I was on um, was for, as I said, WIRE, who are doing great work um, in terms of inclusivity. Um, a few years ago, I used to say when talking about people whose sense of identity is other than male or female, non-binary, you know, you've got the men's referral service, you've got WIRE, which, of course, originally stood for Women's Information Referral and Exchange. Where would non-binary people go? Well, why has realised that gender oppression is, as I say, um, in simple terms, um, blokey blokes um, sort of oppressing pretty much everyone else in relation to gender and, of course, adding in all the intersectionalities that um, you can think of. And um, so huge credit to them. Um, but I had um, the um, great um, sort of privilege to be on the panel at Wire with... Um, two other speakers um, who were um, quite amazing. Um, and um, one was a young woman of Islamic background who's, um, you know, who's doing some great work in that area, which I think we need, can, can't get enough of. Um, and I'm sorry, names are my weak spot. And um, 
uh, I don't have it in front of me, and also a woman who's doing great work in the Orthodox Jewish community where, sadly, women who are stuck in marriages can't get the divorce they need in religious terms to be able to, um, you know, sort of um, um, keep going and, uh, you know, sort of get on with their life if a husband leaves. So, yeah, Yale Hersham is the great Orthodox Jewish woman who's taken a very collaborative approach. And, um, you know, Rashwin, I believe, I'm just, as I say, trying to find her name at the moment, um, you know, who do, who's doing great work um, in with Islamic women who face family violence as, um, sorry, I should have given a content warning, as a, um, well, someone who's been on the receiving end, but she talked about how someone helped her through and said, well, you're still here, you maybe you were a victim, now you're a victor, which I think is an incredibly um, awesome approach to take. Um, and, um, you know, there's just so many people, as I say, doing all these amazing bits of work um, in their each in their way. And, it, you know, it all um, sort of, um, you know, comes together in that sense. So um, really great to see all of this going on. Um, and, um, yeah. Lots, lots, lots and lots of stuff happening. And, yeah. And, of course, WIRE have released their Conversations for Change Kit, which is really important. Um, They're looking at how we can start doing the conversations. We need to um, get rid of, well, gender-based prejudice, um, including gender-based violence. And I think it's important. You know, it's in one sense, it would be good if everyone just, if you said to someone, oh, have you thought about what you're um, doing is gender stereotypical or worse? And they said, oh, never thought about it will change. Well, sometimes, of course, people can be defensive. It could say, well, does that suck? Well, maybe it does. But um, ways where you can get people in, listen carefully to where they've come from. Usually people have some deeply held views. And when they're first questioned, it can be a shock to someone's system um, intellectually and emotionally. I'm not saying it excuses their behaviour, but if you give them a chance to, as the saying goes, call people in rather than instantly call out, sometimes it can make a difference and you can build an ally. I have to say I've had that once myself, um, not so much in terms of violence, but that dreaded favourite topic, toilets, after the AFL Pride game last year where there were some gender or gender toilets um, and I was quoted in mainstream media about it, someone wrote to me, and it wasn't the usual stupid troll type of person. It was someone who was, you know, just hadn't thought about it, was somewhat emotional, and it turned out there had been, sadly, some instances where his young daughters were not safe at school. So, of course, every parent wants their kids to be safe and happy. I would hope they would. And by understanding that, we could realise, well, hey, say, hang on, is your daughter's safety going to be challenged by having trans people in bathrooms um, when the real problem is toxic masculinity and he had a light bulb? So it can be done, but of course, not all the time. You can't win them all and you've got to know when to um, sort of, um, what is it, um, um, take your losses on board um, count, you know, and just walk away from some debates. So, yeah, a really, um, um, you know, sort of... Um, you know, um, it is possible to get that change with conversations. I hope we can do it within those who are positive um, about um, um, the 
um, you know, on you know, in terms of social justice and human rights as well. We don't always agree, but you know, if we can work out how we work together more effectively, even if we have slightly different perspectives, got to be a good thing. All right, um, let's see if you, once again if I can get um, Ian on the phone. And well, someone who's certainly a powerful woman, although I have to say she's done a blooper recently, which I'll have a chat about at some point. Um, Dolly Parton. There's a Dolly Parton tribute show at the Estonian Hotel in West Brunswick tonight, which you might just happen to see me at, given that it's not a school night, as they say. Um, um, And here's one of my favourites from Dolly from the album released way back in 98, Hungry Again and Honky Tonk Songs. 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. Dolly Parton on 3CR, 855 AM, Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally, first broadcasting noon to one on a Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. Um, Yeah, Honky Tonk Songs from Hungry Again. Um, Opened up with a fab... um, Woman Michelle Parsons and Burnin from her eponymous album of many years ago, and also in the middle there, Graham Connors, um, um, "Stay Where You Are." And well, rolling the show along, had an email in from Melina, and um, I, this is a really good point. It's something I've been wanting to, been meaning to comment on for a while. So why the heck not? Uh, Melina says, quote, Sadly, it seems our Prime Minister's own work environment is not a great place for women. Julie Bishop's recent attacks about Tony Abbott and tonight's exclusive interview with Julia Banks and her opinions about a workplace that made women cry is problematic. Our political climate needs drastic change immediately. And, you know, you've, I think after all the emails we have exchanged, Melina, there's some telepathy going on there because this is a really good point. Parliament is a workplace. Is it not governed by anti-bullying, anti-discrimination, harassment type of laws? Yes, it damn well is, state, federal territories. And yet we still have this flagrant disregard for it. When people say, oh, politics is a tough game or something like that, and then think that that, that because it's politics that they have a right to bully women, no. You can debate issues maybe in an intense way, but the sort of stuff that people like, Julie Bishop, Sarah Hanson-Young, who was interviewed in uh, mainstream media yesterday, Julia Banks and so on, the sort of experiences they've copped and the sort of crud, it's a polite word that they have to listen to, um, you know, um, horrible National Senator Barry O'Sullivan, um, you know, pretty repulsive stuff. And I'm sure people of all intersectionalities in Parliament, sadly, have copped it. So I think we raise an interesting point. Why is it our politicians don't think they have to set the example? And of course, going back further, as much as we don't really like to mention him, um, was our then Prime Minister John Howard, who flagrantly um, you know, put his middle finger in the air at, anti- at equal opportunity and federal law- laws and in terms of the Federal Sex Discrimination Act, where women in his office had to wear skirts. They couldn't wear slacks. Now, I cannot believe that an employer of any sort thinks they have a right, yet again, to override um, a piece of legislation. Hashtag self-entitled? Probably yes. So it's a big issue, and we need you know workplaces that are prominent to set a good example. And when our federal parliaments and some of our state and territory ones 
don't live up to pass marks, well, you know, not a good look. Um, so a big issue going on there and one that, you know, needs consideration. And let's hope if we get a change of government, or even if we don't, um, that we might get some movement on this in the next parliament. Um, so, uh, yeah, the other thing I wanted to talk about, um, also had a message in from Roving Reporter, and I, this was last week, um, conservative organisations who don't support multiculturalism should restaurants start boycotting some members of parliament in their establishment it's a slippery slope. We live in a democracy despite our political differences. Um, you know, it's an interesting one. Do, if someone is a, a proverbial, well, I'll say repeat offender, serial offender, do you come down tougher on them? And I think that you do. And I think this is the last time I'll mention this person on this program. Um, one time AFL footballer, now without his own TV show to host, Sam Newman. Suffice to say, this is the last time we mention them, yet another transphobic um, outburst that I won't repeat. And, you know, the thing is, as I always say, if someone did something like that, heaven forbid they kept someone of Jewish background, granted not orthodox, if they kept dressing up in a black hat with curly black hair and had, you know, dollar bills all over them, but no one was allowed to touch them because of the ridiculous stereotype that Jewish people are tight with money, they'd be uproar. But no, you can keep getting away with it if you have a go at trans women or trans people or women generally. And I think there comes a time where the best thing to do is starve the person of the publicity. So as I say, the last time that person's name will be mentioned on this show. But um, the other issue, that the reason um, that person got publicity was about the issue of trans in sport. And there's so much unconscious bias in this area on so many levels that trans people have to prove we're not cheats when we weren't in the first place. Yet the other side of the coin never have to put up evidence to say that they we are cheats. Uh, hello? Um, so, um, you know, it's a big issue. It's a constant problem. And Yours truly had this problem with a mainstream media outlet this week but and had to push a bit, but we got there. Um, and you know, people are constantly saying, well, there's an unfair advantage yet. There's no proof of that. The evidence is abundant that someone, a trans, someone assigned male at birth who takes female hormones has the same strength and stamina um, within um, two years maximum. Some have said 18 months, one year. Two years is therefore fair. I just don't think anyone who hasn't, a, who is assigned male at birth and hasn't been on hormones should play sport against um, some, some you know, cisgender women. I don't think that's more than reasonable. But um, there's so many myths about this. Oh, you need to have surgery before you can um, compete as a woman. Well, that's nonsense as well. Surgery makes no difference to strength, stamina or physique. And the last thing I claim to be is a sports medicine expert. But if we can measure someone's... Um, they have various measures of people that just measure a person's muscle mass or whatever it is. Does it matter whether they're cis or trans? What if you've got a small cis woman against a tall um, trans, um, cis woman? What about short men against tall men? And so this is a huge unconscious bias area of stereotyping. And it's just time we said enough is enough to those sorts of stereotypes because they are pretty irrelevant. Um, all right. Let's um, rev up some more music um, and um, keep it rolling on this sort of combined weekend. 
And, well, um, tomorrow, of course, here in Victoria is the holiday for Labor Day. And um, it's a very important thing to remember. People think, oh, it's the Moomba Parade. Yeah, that's nice. But it's not why the holiday came around in two centuries back in the first place. The holiday came about to mark the eight-hour day, eight, 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 eight hours work, eight hours play, eight hours of sleep, hopefully enough, um, if, you know, and all that sort of thing. So um, let's have a track that seems totally appropriate um, of course, from someone who always stood up for what he believed in, spoke his own truth, and that's Billy Bragg. There is power in a union, and again, great to see so many unions and labour-type organisations at the International Women's Day Rally. Hashtag intersectional. 3CR, 855am, 3CR digital, 3cr.org.au, and 3CR on demand. Out of the pan with Sally. Help 3CR support the rights of Indigenous Australians. They mean to save our culture and save our dreams, our footprints, dreams, our songline and keep our culture going strong. Of course, a lot of the Aboriginals, having been stolen, were put into state care and also others The recognition were... of what our people have been through in the last 200 years, the recognition of our culture in the last 40,000 years and the recognition of where we are heading into the future. Welcome to uh, Survival Day, Invasion Day. 223 years ago, the white man landed on our shores. Subscribe to 3CR and help keep Indigenous voices on air. Call us on 94198377 or visit 3cr.org.au. Subscribe now. Absolutely, please do so and support 3CR. Um, subscribe and of course some um, big events coming up for 3CR in uh, three weeks from today. Trans Day Visibility, an outside broadcast for Out of the Pan um, as part of a huge day of um, TDOV celebrations um, with a combination of joint to you, brought to you jointly by Transgender Victoria and um, 3CR. Excited all my hats are together. Well, this is also one of those occasions where I have that happen in a way because, um, as people know, my day job involves LGBTI diversity education and often in aged care. So to talk about the story of an 83-year-old trans woman is something of um, huge enjoyment to me, and on the line to talk about it is um, is Ian, the director of Becoming Colleen. Ian, welcome to 3CR. Thank you. Uh, wonderful to be with you. A pleasure. Um, so Becoming Colleen, let's just give a bit of a synopsis of the film to start with. Um, tell us um, just, you know, the sort of overview. Yeah, so um, Becoming Colleen is the story of Colleen Young. Um, she's an 82-year-old trans woman who has her coming out at 82. Um, and rather than realising her biggest dream, which is to go to Thailand for gender reassignment surgery, she has to deal with the reality of transitioning into a Christian-run nursing home instead. So it's a, it's a documentary that follows follows um, Colleen's life. It tells about her, her family and her life and the you know, beautiful love she had for her wife, Heather, but also about her transition into aged care. Which is a big issue, um, and um, you know, sort of, there has been for the last four or five years now a lot of um, training going on around the country, declaring my interest in that, of course. But um, you know, at least to the issue, are aged care services are are we generally on the right track in relation to LGBTIQ? Acknowledging the Royal Commission that's getting underway for lots of things, um, is her story um, in terms of degree of difficulty? Um, let's say, good, neutral or not so good? 
I mean, the, the, as the story unfolds, we didn't really know what to expect um, because, you know, when we started making the documentary, we didn't know exactly where it was going to take us, whether it was going to take us to Thailand or back to New Zealand, where she comes from, or into an aged care home. Um, so that was a little unexpected, and I think for Colleen as well. So she, you know, really had to deal with a lot of those issues. Um, being Living now as a woman, on, on paper, being a man, you know, um, mm. and she was very, very concerned about being forced back into the closet because it had been, it had taken 82 years for her to come out, and mm. it, was, it was, that was quite liberating for her, and she was very concerned, and particularly because a lot of aged care homes are run by um, Christian organizations, which historically don't have a great record with sort of acceptance of diversity. Um, so it was a learning journey, not only for Colleen, but also for the people in the aged care homes, the, um, the, the nursing staff and the, um, the staff that were working there. But the, the great thing is that they took it as an opportunity of educating their staff and educating themselves and, and, and doing their best to let Colleen, you know, live the way that Colleen um, wants to live and, 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 and is. And is. But it, it was a journey for both Colleen and, and the aged care home. Yeah, look, you, you've hit the proverbial nail on the head. Being open to learning really is so much what it comes down to. I'm, we've all had, you know, started having to, um, you know, face experiences or be in situations that are new to us. But if we can come into it with a situation and an attitude of what curiosity and opening to learn, that's the best thing. And it should be pointed out that any aged care home in Australia that gets any federal funding, even a dollar, cannot discriminate against LGBTI people um, under 2013 national law. So um, they, you know, have done it. it. Sounds, you know, obviously there were some speed humps on the journey, but it sounds like they did it really well. Yeah, no, I think, and having those two people in those leadership positions, we met yeah. a wonderful the nursing home director of the head of nursing, um, Pippa Stanton. She was just amazing. You know, she she hadn't been experienced or hadn't had exposure to, um, you know, trans people before, but saw, saw it as an opportunity. And, she, and, you know, she really connected with Colleen as a person as well. And I think that's the, the thing, you know, la- labels put aside. We often think about these people in terms of labels and stereotypes. But, you know, Colleen is a wonderful person, very moving personal journey, and, and some, somebody that Pippa was able to sort of really relate to as well and to give that person the dignity um, and, and integrity to live as they are. Um, was really important not only to Colleen but became important to Pippa as well. Um, you know, but there was there was a lot of work that had to do not only with the staff but also with the fellow residents. Many because it was you know in regional Australia, so it's mm. conservative, conservative coastal town up in Coffs Harbour, and so you know there's a there's a lot of sort of communicating and sharing and 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 working with the, the fellow residents, many of whom have had quite sort of conservative, heteronormative lives. Um, so, yeah, I think, I, you know, so I, I think they did a great job, but I also think that there's a lot to do, and I'm hoping that the film can certainly start conversations and create awareness around some of these sorts of issues to make it um, easier for other people in the future. Oh, look, absolutely. These sorts of films are, you know, um, so important. You know, communication always, always so valuable. And, um, you know, you touched on the issue of a country town, um, Played a track earlier by Graham Connors, Stay Where You Are. I, the one thing I haven't just been clear on, a, mo- a minor p- a point that I suppose is of relevance, is Colleen pretty much a lifelong Coffs Harbour resident? No, Colleen actually um, was born and grew up in, um, in New Zealand, in Napier in New Zealand. So she um, came to Australia with her wife, Heather, um, when Colleen was living as Colin, um, 
with a policeman uh, in, the, mm. in the police force and married and had two sons. Uh, so had a whole sort of life um, as living, living as a man, living as Colin. And they moved to Australia uh, when the boys were teenagers and they ended up sort of um, at the Gold Coast initially, but then sort of retired down into Coffs Harbour. So it was that whole thing of integrating also into that community. It wasn't somewhere that she'd been for her, her whole life. Um, but um, it was interesting the challenge that the Coffs community faced. We, we screened the film, The World Premiere, was in Coffs Harbour, and we had a, a lesbian uh, girl got up in the audience and sort of said, oh, it's so tough being gay in Coffs Harbour. And she, she hoped um, that the film would make it easier for her because by showing the film to a, a larger audience, you know, it's opening people's minds and it's opening people's hearts. Um, and it's just sort of making people realise that there's a lot of a lot of us out there and a lot of different shades of gender identity and sexual orientation. And um, you know, the, and, and no one is any less worthy than anyone else. You know, they're all we're, we're all valued members and valuable members of, the, of our society. And the more that we can open and embrace that, you know, the more interesting and diverse our society and culture becomes, you know. Oh, um, unequivocally, you've, um, you've definitely, um, you know, some of the, um, yours truly had, did a values exercise about 13 years ago now, my biggest value is diversity. So we're singing in harmony, but with different notes, so to speak, there. Um, yeah. You know, and I totally agree. And the other thing is, of course, the, the power of a personal story. You just, um, you know, cannot, you just cannot beat it. And for um, Colleen to tell her story is awesome. There is a, there is a, I suppose, another thing. I, if there was a similar ish story about it in the last year, 18 months. A former RAF pilot fighter from World War II finally transitioned to female at 90. And there's a part of me that goes, oh, thank heaven, she's finally able to have some of her life as who she is, but so much of it not. Um, you know, how does the, how, you know, without giving too much away about the film, how, much, how did Colleen sort of work through that part of things? Well, there was a lot of sadness, you know. There was mm. a lot of sadness about not being able to, uh, having waited so long, and then, um, you, you know, her health actually doesn't allow her to go through full gender reassignment. Yeah, surgery. Yeah. And she says her greatest dream is to die in the body of a woman, the biological body of the woman. But I think the interesting thing, you know, um, is that along the way, Colin did actually find some very loving and supportive, supportive people. Um, Heather's best friend, Denise, who looks after Colleen, um, Pippa Irowina, the, the social worker that was working with, um, with Colleen. So she did actually find people that loved and accepted her and celebrated her for who she is, for the woman, for the trans woman that she is. Um, and I think sometimes we get very fixated by sort of, you know, the, the outer definition of gender. I've had a lot of questions in interviews that people are curious, you know, about the actual physical transformation. Mm-hmm. And I think there are many, there are many more states to, to what it is to feel that you're a woman or a man. You know, I think there are many more shades of, of, of gender and sexual orientation than than we often talk about. The mainstream society always likes to push things into the binary, you Absolutely. know, the male or the female or the masculine or the feminine. And But there's so many of us that feel comfortable in some sort of space in between. And, and why can't we love and accept, you know, those people and, our, and ourselves for that, with, with that, those, those nuances? And... So I think um, Colleen did find a sense of being loved and accepted, and it was wonderful to see her living as the person that she felt that she really is. Um, but there was a, there was always a sense of sadness that she couldn't biologically go through that final transition. And it was interesting, we screened at Coffs Harbour the other weekend, um, Catherine McGregor, um, the well-known um, transgender mm-hmm. ex-military 
uh, and Chris's commentator was on the panel. She was incredibly upset at the end of the film. And I said, well, you know, what upset you so much? And she sort of said, well, she had felt that she, she had waited a long time, but she was so sad to see that Colleen actually couldn't get sort of across the line with what she wanted to do. And it made Catherine really re- appreciate the, um, you know, the, the time that she has now to live as a woman. So that was an interesting reflection from her. Oh, look, to- totally get that because um, I found it hard enough you know, to live the first 29, say, to 32 years of my life not being completely who I truly was in sense of identity. And the longer it goes on, it does lead to this backlog of emotions and um, also to that sense of grief and loss. Now, you're going to be in Melbourne next week for the screening at the Queer Film Festival with the film already fantastically having won awards at Screenwave International and Mardi Gras Film Festival. You're down here next week for the session at 4 o'clock next Sunday, the 17th, um, at um, Melbourne Queer Film Festival, in particular Acme Cinema One. And there's a panel afterwards with your good self, Catherine Barrett, awesome um, person who's done so much for ageing generally, including LGBTI, and Sandra Pankhurst, whose life was captured in the award-winning book The Trauma Cleaner. So um, you're heading down to the City of Trams next week. <laughs> we can't wait. It's going to be so exciting. And you know, the film's been so well received in, in um, Coffs Harbour and in Sydney, where we won Best Documentary um, last weekend. So we're incredibly excited. I think people are really keen to know more about, you know, the subject matter. Mm. Um, it's a very moving film and, uh, you know, really looking forward to having a chat with uh, Sandra and Catherine and Rowena, the social worker, will be on the panel as well. Oh, wow. Um, I think, think there's a lot, lot to talk about and a lot to be done. Um, but, you know, we're, we're, we're taking those first steps and hopefully the film can contribute to, to getting the conversation started. I think I think it will. It will go a long way. I think it has the potential to become a bit of a... A must see um, down the track. So, um, so. <laughs> once again, four o'clock um, next Sunday, the seventeenth, um, um, as we go to air for the first time on the tenth, um, and that's at Acme Cinema One in Flinders Street. Um, Sixty-eight minutes. There's also a short film as well called Grandmother and Me for seven minutes from the US as well. Um, Ian, I hope I can get there next week and, um, and meet you and also see the film. But if I don't, thanks for your time on the show today. I'll say that now. And thanks for, and once again, congratulations on the film. And if you see um, Colleen at some point, pass on all the heartfelt best wishes from, we'll say, a trans sister on the radio um, from me to her. Wonderful. Thanks so much. And we appreciate your interest in the film. Pleasure, Ian. Bye now. Okay. Bye. Ian Thompson, um, director of um, Coming Colleen, as we say, next Sunday, the 17th at 4pm. Uh, i better um, um, make way out of here and make way for Freedom of Species, a packed program. Thanks to Melina and Roving Reporter for your um, input into the show today. Um, podcast will be up this afternoon if you want to listen to the commentary again. Um, take it out with Becky Cole. What a powerful queer woman to end the show as we wrap up International Women's Day week and um, her classic Lazy Bones, a bit thereof. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.